Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Microsoft Teams. When there are more ways to be together, there are more ways to be a team. He's covered the big events and talked to the biggest names in sports for more than three decades. Freeze, end zone, he hit it, 500 career touchdown passes. From Super Bowls to the World Series, he's been there, he'll be there, and he's here now for CMI, the Chris Myers interview. Thanks for listening, thanks for uh, tuning in, we appreciate you joining us on CMI, the Chris Myers interview. He's uh, he's the, well, let's call him America's ref. Uh, you, you see him on NFL games, college games, going back 2010. I can't believe that was the like the original moment. And now there, there are a lot of copycats out there. There are a lot of guys uh, doing the same thing for other networks. But Mike Pereira, the NFL and college football rules analyst at Fox, along with Dean Blandino, who has been added, is uh, joining us here now. And Mike, it's good, to, it's good to talk to you. It's always good working with you. How are you doing? Well, it, it's it's great working with you. And, you know, we 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 did something different this year instead of like having a different crew every weekend. We said, you know, let's for consistency pers- uh, purposes, let's let's pick crews and you stay with crews, uh, you know, the the whole season. So there was Burkhart. I already had Buck because I was stuck with that one. But that we, had, <laughs> we we let's so I got for I chose Myers. Oh I really? Myers. Oh yeah. Right. That was my that was my number my number one choice. A uh, first round. Well, for people listening who watch NFL, obviously have seen you whether it's the Thursday night or the doubleheader game or playoffs or Super Bowl. What just for the role here on a normal Sunday, let's take that you're watching, even though you pick my game or there's other games for Fox and you're in there back in the, in the studio, you're watching more than one game, right? You're keeping an eye. I think it's almost like the, the, the league itself that they're control center in New York. Yeah, it, it very much is like that. And, um, and so I am watching multiple games. Usually in the early time slot, it's two, you know, I'm usually watching your game and I'm watching Kenny Albert's game and, and uh, I have them set up in a sequence on a master screen. So I basically just have to look up, down, up, down, up, down. And, and I, can, I can follow two games pretty well. And um, I'm aware of, you know, any situation where I might be called upon. And Dean is doing the same thing on the other side and uh, on the other side of the room. Social distancing now. We have to keep apart from each other, which is probably good because we don't like each other anyway. So, um, so, so we're, we're separated there. And, um, and, you know, two games, two games is not bad where it becomes challenging is when there's more than two. And uh, on Saturdays, because we're in there doing college football, now that the big 10 has started, I mean, I had three games going at once at nine o'clock last Saturday and three at uh, 1230 and that becomes a bit of a challenge because, you know, you're talking to, we're not talking directly to you generally, but we're talking to your producer and, you know, feeding him information or he's asking us questions. So it's, it's really kind of chaotic, but uh, it, you know, it makes the games go by really fast. And, um, <laughs> and if you can do that in college football, if you can make a game seem in your mind that go by fast, man, is that a bonanza. 
Well, I want to go back to the NFL and before we get to the mechanics of how it works at Fox, and I know you talk to a producer and then if it's big enough or, or something, we have the time. Again, you come actually on and people see you talking uh, with us, the on-air guys, about uh, what the, the ruling is or expounding upon what the rules are. But in New York now, simplify for us the way things are working this year because replay has come a long way. And I think the league, and you tell me, Mike, they're admitting now openly, hey, we, we're using replay in New York, and we, if we need to go there for the final call, we're going to do that. Yeah, it, it really, if you go back to when this all happened, it was Dean Blandino's last season there. And um, he basically worked with the competition committee and the owners to allow the decision to be made in New York. Um, so they, they would literally have the final say. Yes, they would talk to the referee, but the final say went to New York and Dean Blandino was going to be the final stay, the final say. Um, but, you know, then he kind of went from a final say to a final offer and the final offer was better at Fox than it was <laughs> at the NFL. So, so he, he then came to us, which then put it into the lap of Al Riveron. And uh, so Alberto was the one that was making the final decisions and he had that along with all the other responsibilities that go with running the officiating program. And now it's changed. And I think changed for the better uh, because basically the training and development is handled by Walt Anderson, a referee that uh, came off the field. He came in a year before I did. So he came into the NFL in 1995 as an official and he has all those responsibilities. And Al just sits in the room in the Art McNally, McNally center and he monitors everything and he determines if games should be stopped or if they shouldn't be stopped, if it's a scoring play or a change of possession. And then ultimately that decision falls strictly with Al. And he communicates now not only with just the referee, but they have a, a system now that it includes all seven referees on the field, the replay official, all on the same line that they can that they can talk back and forth to each other. And, you know, the, the system under Al, I think, and Russell Yerk, by the way, who is his right-hand man, I think it got a bit too technical when they first started out. Um, but now I, I think they've done a better job, a better job. I'm not saying a, a perfect job, but a better job of trying to be consistent and not overturning things that uh, shouldn't be overturned. But it's a, Chris, it's a process, and somebody asked me today, am I happy with instant replay? And, and my answer after thinking about it for about 15 seconds was no. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just kind of tired of it. Right, but we can't not have it, right? Where we are as a, as a society, if people at home might could stop their, their TV and, and scan it back and see a call that is missed that's so obvious, right? We've, we've, we've gotten into something that we have to just handle. Well, you're, you're right. But what we have to be careful of is how far we take it. I mean, and, you know, you go back to 1999 when, the, when this was first brought back in, there was a, a one time they tried it in 86 to 91 and it imploded. And so in 1999, we brought it back much against the will of George Young, who was just an incredible guy who was the GM, of course, over all those years with the Giants. And, and uh, he was the head of foot football operations, and he had a manila folder in 1999 for instant replay. And instead of on the tab writing instant replay, he wrote in big letters on the front of it, the monster grows. And, oh. and, and you know, he was right because 
when we brought it in in 1999, it was all based on facts. It was not based on judgment. And here we are now trying to decide in instant replay, what is a football move? Did you have the ball long enough? Of course, and we're talking about a catch or no catch. Did you have it long enough to perform it? You know, these, to me, judgment decisions shouldn't be made in replay, but we're going further and further and further down that road. And and I, for one, don't like it. And so I know we can't go back, but let's just leave it alone because we're not going to correct everything. That's virtually impossible Impossible. to correct everything. So at some point, we have to rely on the human element of the game whether it's a mistake or not, everybody makes them, right? right I mean, right, right. players, coaches, you and me, we make them. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so maybe I'd love to have replay, matter of fact. Yes, but no, so, so all right, so we don't want to grow the monster, but it's here. And I, I will say, Mike, just like rules, you, it, the simpler, the better. So I think I'm, I, and I'm speaking, I guess, for, for many fans, right? They, they don't want the game dragged down, slow down, and, and something can look so different on replay. And you're right, if you go frame by frame, it can change the result on the field. I, I guess what, what fans, and we saw it in that Rams-Saints uh, playoff game, that, that major moment that was kind of missed. If it's something, and we use clear and obvious, if it's, a, it's, if it's that big a play and it's that obvious. So New York, in, in our current framework, they can, if somebody misses and doesn't throw a flag, they can buzz down and say, hey, throw a flag on this. We got to look at this. Can, can that happen? Well, they, they, they only in certain situations, there's only a few penalties that can be created um, by replay. You can create an illegal touch of a pass. You create 12 men on the field. Um, you can create a quarterback being beyond the line of scrimmage when he releases the ball. Those are basically just the three categories yeah. that they can add. Now, they're into, you know, if there is a foul call for illegal use of the helmet, they're into that process in terms of ejection um, and, and that kind of stuff. But they're, they're really not there to create fouls. And, and I don't think they should be because, you know, I, I think that officials, when I think of the, the body of officials, I mean, and this is hard for me to say, and, and some people don't like to hear it out of my mouth, but I think the body of officials the 120 some odd guys or whatever it is. I think it's better that that they're better than they've ever been before. Really? But I think the officiating is worse. And so <laughs> I, I, I try, I try to, I try to look at this and try to figure out why do I think in, the officiating is not as good as it used to be when the officials are better. But I, I think, the, I think what happens with instant replay, it yeah. becomes this safety net. And so you've yeah. got officials sometimes laying off thinking that, you know, replay is going to bail them out. And there's the, you know, there's the uncertainty on the field and the hesitancy that you get when you make calls. And, and I, I just think that, you know, that a fish, that the system has protected some people that probably shouldn't be officiating. And that's, um, yeah, that's interesting. And, well, and, and so and, it's, you know, it's, that's kind of the way I've been feeling the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, nobody likes, which is kind of, which is kind of your job. Nobody likes somebody looking over their shoulder constantly sure. correcting them, but you were doing that obviously for television after so many years having worked for the league and, and inefficiating on this subject. Great. Cause based on what you just said, I'm curious, the officiating two parts here, Mike, and we're talking with Mike Pereira uh, on the field officiating this year. Give me a grade on that separate and then grade uh, the, the the replay officiating. Give that a grade this year. This year. Well, I'm I'm going to say on the field. I'm going to give it a, um, a 
a, a B, uh, B, and I, I would consider that a high grade. Um, you yeah. know, when I when I think about average, and 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 I, I give credit to that to Walt Anderson, um, who's working in concert with the rest of the people in the NFL. But they've never faced Chris what they what they faced this year. I mean, you know, you can get people on every street corner here in Sacramento that says we they say we don't need preseason football. Hey, they're probably right, players don't need preseason football, but boy, officials need preseason football. It's a officiating is so different than playing. It's a, it's a mental exercise, not a physical exercise. And if you haven't been on a field for nine months, it takes time to get back into sync. Well, they didn't have that this year. No preseason football. They didn't go to training camp. They didn't have an in-person clinic all because of COVID of course. And, and so they were so, under the gun. And then you take an official who's been officiating for 20 years and, you know, it's hard. There's a lot of pressure. And now all of a sudden you're wearing a mask. Uh, you know, you've got an electronic whistle in some cases. They're telling you to social distance on the field when you can. Um, that, they, that, that, that just was set up to be so difficult. And then you add on the turnover, 11 new officials. So you got 11 new officials that have never worked a regular season football, NFL football game. And, and now they're thrust at this new speed and this new pressure. Forget about the fact there's no fans. That doesn't add anything or take away anything. But the, the pressure on those 11 is insane. I, I mean, I would have freaked out i think if it was me and my very first game was you know the 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 rams and the 49ers or something so i give it a b because i think they have adapted fairly well and thanks to walt anderson and crew who told them don't call anything unless it's clear and obvious using replay terminology hey i said the same thing make it be there that's kind of the same thing but clear and obvious is puts a whole you know greater emphasis on it so what we're seeing is less fouls and actually less fouls creates less news on officiating and less fouls create more points and we're seeing that if you take into consideration that you know so few holding penalties are being called versus last year more defensive pass interference uh, penalties uh, less offensive pass it all works to more offense and more points which is what we're seeing. And to me, I don't mind that. And I love the fact that there's less stops for penalties. There's less dead time. I mean, I don't really need to see the Ed Hockley type, you know, description of a foul on the field, which just adds to more dead time. Even though he was a great referee, he got a little <laughs> wordy from time to time. And yes. in replay, I think replay has been okay. Um, and I have agreed with most things, but to the five of us that are doing this, Blandino and Macaulay and Sterator and Perry, we're still confused on what a football move is. And and we think <laughs> they've we we they've drawn the line to such now that we're all scratching our heads. And if we're scratching our heads, we're kind of being quiet about it because if we say kind of what they're saying, we'll throw all of you that are doing the game. <laughs> We'll throw you all uh, off the edge because um, it's just still a bit confusing. Now there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. With Together Mode, you can bring everyone together in one space in the same virtual room. 
You can bring the power of true collaboration to your projects with whiteboard, drawing, sharing, and building ideas in real time, all on the same page. And with large gallery view, you can see more of your team all at once with up to 49 people on screen all at the same time. You can even raise your hand virtually so everyone can be seen and heard. When there are more ways to be together, there are more ways to be a team. Learn more about all the newest Teams features at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Well, how would you We think we all know what a football move. I mean, do you even need a football move? You either caught the ball or you didn't. To forget one step, two step. Did you grasp it? Did you hold it? And and that's a catch, right? I mean, it should be well, that simple. Well, but, but the problem is that this, you know, you have to have this element of time. And the element of time is basically for protection, you know, for the for the person that's trying to catch the ball. So, you you always have this time that old three press three part process. We talk to you about that all the time. All yep. the announcers, it's right. control, two feet, and time. So this time thing, they try to define it, um, and I think you know, even though it was anti Blandino who didn't like it, and um, and and I was okay with it. They said if you got control and two feet down, and then you got another step. You took a third step, then that would that would be a football move, whether you're going to the ground or not. That that's that's kind of clear. But then we're into now in a play that we had is you know tucking the ball in without turning upfield, without just tucking the ball into your body to try to complete the catch. Is that a football move? And they're saying yes, and we're going. You're kidding me. That's how can that be a football move? You're just trying to tuck the ball in so you can basically complete the catch. And so, you know, that that's that's added to us the element of confusion that we, you know, that we get involved with with instant replay. And if you want to, by the way, Chris, you want to get Joe Buck's ire is just talk about the play at the goal line rule the touchdown, but it's actually an inch short. And we're sitting there trying to decipher between an inch and two inches and the and the plane of the goal line that, that that one drives him crazy because if it wasn't a stop, if it wasn't stopped and it ruled a touchdown, nobody would have said a word, but we're into looking into inches versus the obvious mistake. And, and that's how I think it grows and kind right. of grows. Well, no, and that's a, and, I, and in fairness to the officials, if you start adding on to rules or clarification of things, uh, then, then it is going to become more complex. And, and how, do you, how do you think the viewer feels if they saw it one way on Sunday afternoon and then Monday night, it's it's called a, another way? I, 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 some of those things, I've always thought, and I asked Roger Goodell about this once before, and I realized how successful the NFL. Could we have, you know how you have the hockey light when a goal is scored? Is there some mechanism in today's world of technology in a, in a football that you could put so that it automatically, if it breaks the plane, then you get the the official scoring there, and I feel the same way with I love you know the, the chain link for the for the ten yards at a first down, but that's another thing measuring for the first and the, is the is the spot accurate? Sometimes those things are very difficult. Isn't there some kind of technical way, or am I confusing things a little bit more here with technology? Well, I don't I don't think you're confusing them necessarily, and and this has been talked about for a long time, and and there have been chips now put in football just to monitor certain things like you know the goal post and field goal attempts and 
and and it could they shrink the width of the 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 uprights of the field goal to make it harder so we're tracking how far the field goals are good or not good there there have been a chips and foot but i don't i just don't see how you can do it and solve the issue of the ball breaking the plane because so often the difficult ones are the ones in the big scrum where it's right. the the run up the middle and and unless you put a chip in a knee or a chip in an elbow because you know you could have the light go off but was the knee down i yeah, mean and, yeah, that's and, true and and same way with the line to gain so that that's that's always bothered me just because i don't see it if you my god if you if you if the light went off and uh if you automatically rule it a touchdown say even though you can't see body parts uh I, I I just don't think yeah. it's practical. And for the line to gain, that's the other, you know I love to see those old guys running out in the field <laughs> with the rods and the chain and the drama. Stretch it out and hey, make sure you get the umpire lined up on this side so the television camera can get a clear look. That's a fact. That's what yes. they say. They just had it on their training tape. Right. Um, I, I, the drama of the of the chains being extended, I think, is wonderful. And, it's, and those that do it it's been in many cases it's been in their families for like three generations yeah. of family that's, have done yeah. that i know that's and, and of course you remember the famous gene sterator the theatrics almost like you with the card and measuring <laughs> with the chain and the football and and so i love that you guys make it make it fun how about and, and i i don't know if people at home realize that you don't have the same number of cameras. What, by the way what was your grade on replay you gave b for on the field are you on c for the replay grade this year uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give C, which is status quo. Standard number of cameras. We have a minimum, which we do have, but but placement on every goal line, right? So that you clearly you have the same kind of views. No, you can have additional cameras, but there are some basic cameras there that can clearly show from above and from the side, especially when you get to a scoring play on a goal line where things are that critical. Yeah, and I, and of course, Bill Belichick proposed this many times, and um, and and there and really, he's right. I mean, there there's no way we should have to be judging on whether a player stepped out of bounds or not without a camera going directly down the sideline. Because if you if you look at it from a camera shot within, it actually from inside it pushes the foot out, and if you look at it from the other side just because of the camera shot, now all of a sudden the foot looks in. And so it's never really accurate. And to me, in the, in the plays that count most, like the the, in, the touchdowns, the inline, the sidelines, and the goal lines ought to be all covered. And somebody <laughs> ought to figure out a way to where all lines are covered right down the line. And, yep. uh, and to me, that, uh, that, that would be good for those big plays that you I mean yeah we got a we got a camera now on the pylon in 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 many cases we got we do even have a camera now on the line to gain marker um so we can get that type of ground level shot which has helped a couple of times but to me down the boundaries and at the goal lines are something that we ought to figure out that uh that can be used whether they're provided in stadium and can be used by the networks and used by the replay system. To me, that's a, a must at some point. 
Yeah, it's interesting, Mike. Some coaches, when we have the, we used to have the TV production meetings where you gather before the game, they're astute enough that they'll realize, okay, if we're not on, you know, Fox's Thursday night primetime game or Monday night or Sunday night, so there's more cameras, obviously, or there is a playoff or a Super Bowl available. So on a, on a routine Sunday afternoon game, early game, let's say, without that many cameras, they'll ask sometimes about where the camera angles are so that sure. if they want to challenge. And, and is there a, does the league have a rule on in-stadium cameras so that the, the visiting team is getting the same view of things and how they can be shown on a jumbotron as, as the home team so you're on equal footing there? Well, you're on equal footing. It is what feed that you get into the into the coach's booth, okay. and that's really that's really what it is. And you don't get any other um, any other feed whatsoever. And um, and it's just basically for the coaches anything that shows on television, you know. And I think a lot of people probably don't realize that, you know, when you say when we have a challenge, and when you say you know we'll be back after this, and we take a break um, during that break. Uh, you know, you're getting fed. Uh, EB is Eric Billigmeyer is uh, feeding you all kinds of shots, feeding replay all kinds of shots. That's really why he's doing it. Instead of, you know, sitting back during that minute and a half and having a shrimp like I usually do with uh, <laughs> with the Red Sox, you know, he's he's feeding the replay system all kinds of looks of which most likely the decision is going to be made based on that. Um, but, you know, the, the point being of the different amount of cameras I get, um, I, I do get that. You could, you know, you could have what? You could have Super Bowl 30 cameras or whatever, right. and then you could have six at, a, at what we call, what, a C game or something like that. Yeah, or, or maybe I long, think it's more yeah, eight or ten, but go ahead. But, but it's, it, as long as it's equal between both teams that are playing, it, okay. I mean, okay. I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, you might look at it and say, well, within the division, it might impact winner losing a game within the division, but I, I'm more into equity between the two teams that are playing. And so the number of cameras doesn't make that big of a difference to me. And what we're talking with Mike Pereira, Fox rules analyst, uh, who's been at it for more than a decade in the TV sense. I and mean, you mentioned guys, Gene Steratore, John Perry, Terry McCauley, those that have gone on to TV. And by the way, they're, they're all terrific guys and they were great to work with the officials when, when I worked down on the field as a reporter, uh, they are very helpful, as helpful as they can be uh, within the rules and then and then growing. So for Mike Pereira, a guy who was kind of, I don't know, I won't say struggling along, but you were rolling along in the officiating <laughs> business. And then and then Fox puts you on television. And I, I've been out with you a few times, you know, Super Bowl week or we would go out to dinner or something. And and, and you're, you've become in the last decade here this this TV star. I mean, now they talk about your th- your three piece suit in prime time. So, uh, I, really, honestly, I think people would get a kick out of Mike how how that changed uh, your your life. You know, being a bit, really as a ref, you're kind of a guy getting booed a lot, and, and all of a sudden you're uh, you know you're a, you're a, you know a TV star. Well, I, it just doesn't seem right to me, um, <laughs> you know, because. I, I never have, I would never have thought about something like this. And, um, you know, I, I, I sometimes like I get, I get recognized if I'm at an airport and I'm like, really? I mean, you, you <laughs> actually, and, and, and then, you know, then when I start to get a little bit big headed, then I go on social media and look at my Twitter account and then I get shot right back down because right. I get busted so bad in social media. But I, I still, I still, Chris, sometimes just don't, I don't know how to act because I don't, I was not trained in this business. And and so for, I find myself sometimes like 
unprepared for an unexpected situation, as happened this past Sunday with you. And um, yes. and and if you'd have been inside to see this, because we were on, we we. I mean, I came on a couple times in in your game. And then one time something happened. I forget what the play was, but I said to Eric Billigmeyer, the producer, that, yes, I agree with that, that that's a good call. And so then you were just talking, and all of a sudden you said Mike Pereira. And then you paused for a second, and I had the biggest <laughs> piece of cornbread in my mouth <laughs> from my cornbread and, and, and barbecued chicken. And Travis, my producer, turned to me, and I like, spit this thing I was, the cornbread actually flew up because i thought you were gonna say my mike Pereira. what do you your think thoughts, your thoughts on this and, and i was i was like and then when when, when you start talking again like the whole room started laughing um, you know because that's I, funny we're, Why? I, gotta, I had to get a little paper towel to clean up all the cornbread mess it was around. kind of an unplanned prank but no i would never go to you we, you know from the game from the live broadcast we would never go to you until you're ready in fact a few times i've been i've can we see in the monitor you're settling into your chair you're getting whatever you're you know your food out of your mouth whatever you're doing because the producer's <laughs> like not yet don't go to mike yet because you know they're, we got to get a call on this we got to get further explanation so well, i know that those things happen and you know it's different i've been on the road with troy and joe for the last two years wherever they were i was with them and so i had i had obviously standing next to troy i had you know immediate input with them and uh then through the COVID issue when we all decided it was better for me to stay in los angeles as opposed to being on the road some of the booths as you know are kind of small and to yep, have a yep. third person with all those research people in there and uh so Troy and Joe worked it out to where I have this now communication system on their games. So it's just like I'm standing there. So, uh, so they can go to me without setting me up and, and just do it audio right. only. And so many times so far, you know, Troy will just go, uh, Mike Pereira, what do you think about that? And I'm going, <laughs> you know, you got that. Now all of a sudden, usually that 20 seconds you have to prepare goes to, no time and yep. you you just have to you just have to respond but you know hey listen I, I back to the original thing is that i i don't even consider myself talent i mean <laughs> I, I just am a guy that has some rules knowledge and trying to impart that knowledge to the fans that are watching the game and try to try to impart it to our announcers too you know we do uh, weekly tapes either dean or myself to yep. send out to you they guys every out, week yeah. and uh, and and that's my job and uh, you know it's just amazing to me though chris i mean 11 years yeah. man 11 I mean. years i've been doing this which is incredible and and uh, when i thought back in 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 uh, the year 2010 that i was basically retiring and uh, and then when Fox came up with this gig and I thought, well, I'll do it for five years and and see how it is. And then, boom, I'm now in 11 years and still having a good time doing it. Now there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. Bring everyone together in one space with a new virtual room. Collaborate live, drawing, sharing and building ideas with everyone on the same page and make sure that more of your team is seen and heard with up to 49 people on screen at once. Learn more about all the newest Teams features at Microsoft.com slash Teams. 
Fox true they considered you for, and I know baseball has their own rules as they have gone to replay and dealt with some of the things you're talking about. Did they, did they talk to you about doing baseball rule analyst work? Yeah, they did. I mean, there was a couple of sports. Um, when they took on golf, they asked me about golf and I said, did you want to go to golf school? And, and, uh, because I do like to play golf and, and I thought at first, yes. And then I thought, mm, no, um, I, I don't want to know all the golf rules because then <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to call all my friends on the things that they do. And then, and then they'll be mad at me and I won't have any friends. So I said, no, I'll pass on golf. Is, by and the way, is a, is a mulligan illegal? Like I, I think. <laughs> I no, like you it. can, you, no, you, the, you, you can, you, the, the, my rule in golf is simply on the first tee is that you hit, you hit enough until you like it. You okay. Know, hit, you're, hit you're my four, kind of golf. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. But, but then they brought up the idea of baseball and I was a baseball player. Never actually played football as ironic as that is, but um, I played baseball at Santa Clara and they said, do you want to get involved in this? Because baseball really didn't have anybody and i thought about it and i said well you know yeah uh okay i'll do it and they said there's an umpire school rule school you can go to and i talked to some umpires and i talked to the umpire department in major league baseball and i said okay i'm i think uh, i'll i'll do it and um and then joe tory stepped in rightfully so and right. said no you won't okay. um, <laughs> you know which, which, and, and if you just think about it and, and I probably should, should have thought about it even when I said, okay, I'll try it is that, you know, a, a baseball umpire is not going to want a football referee sitting there talking about whether their calls are right or wrong or what the rule is. And, and that's, that's absolutely right. And so in the end, I'm glad Joe Torrey stepped in because, you know, the season football wise with college and, and everything is, seemed is enough, and and to add baseball to it probably would have been a little bit too much, uh, you know, yeah. too much time. I can't tell you how many times too. I'll, I'll believe it after a broadcast at an airport, and I'll see somebody from an officiating crew, and they're if we're on the same plane, they're all watching their game, you know, on their iPad or whatever on their way home reviewing, but they'll always ask me, Hey, what did Pereira say about this call? How did, did Pereira, <laughs> so how did you, you know, you were once one of them and then you become this TV guy and how often did you, and I, and I must say on the air, you're very, people want your opinion. I mean, they want, they want an explanation to help us understand more, but they also want to know, did they get it right? Did they get it wrong? Or what's your opinion of the call? It doesn't mean you're absolutely right, but that, that's what we're kind of looking for. And I think the viewers are, how often did you get uh, and still get uh, from the league or, or other referees that are active saying, Hey Mike, come on, give me a break here. Well, I mean, I, I don't get it too much. I get it more from the league than I do from the officials. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I think the officials, the difference was with, with me going in and doing this is a, I told them that I would be respectful, that I would never use terms like blown horrible, right. you know, those types of the terms that are, that are just, piling on you know i would said i don't agree with the call um i don't like the call that type but not not the not the verbiage which is just kind of pounding on them and and i think they appreciate that but i think the thing they most appreciate is um even though their egos are as big as the state of connecticut um uh (laughs) and they hate to be told that they're that they're wrong um I think they they take it better from me because I've been there. I've done that. And I was on the field and I know how difficult it was and is. And so uh, I think it's easier for them that it doesn't, you know, their ego kind of still gets 
you know, shrunk a little bit if I, if I don't agree with their call, but you know, when it comes to, and I get this too, Chris, because I remember when I was on the field and stuff, and I remember even when I was in the department, it was hard to accept criticism from somebody that's never done what you're doing. Um, you know, they're not going to criticize you as a broadcaster because they've never done it and they don't know how difficult, they although have we no get, idea we, how we, difficult it is. Although we get a lot of that on social media, a lot of, cr- well, a lot of well, social media is a different beast, <laughs> but know. when it comes to anti-social media, but when it comes <laughs> to the officials, they, they wouldn't do that. And I, I think for them to, for example, to have, you know, Troy, even Troy say that's a, a horrible call and use that. And, and, and then for them to say, wow, easy for him when he's never done this before, right. you know, okay. I, I, okay. the official would never say, oh, what a horrible throw on that interception. Um, you know, so That's for fair. me, it's a little bit easier to, uh, to take. And Troy, by the way, has gotten a lot better now that I'm in his ear standing by him. Um, <laughs> It's it's good that well that's you know as as broadcasters we go through we have our seminar with the league and you and Dean Blandino helping us out you send us videos we try to learn and prepare and, and know the rules but there are these unique circumstances and thankfully that's when when we are confused and what we go that's we have you there whether you're in our ear or you or you come on the broadcast as we saw at that Atlanta Detroit game and there it seems like there's always between a clock and a runoff and time running out uh, there there are always nuances that that haven't happened before scenarios that haven't been played through so uh, and we see some coaches are there some coaches Mike that you found through time that I know refs have to be impartial but they respect the coach a little more because that coach knows the rules a lot better well, yeah, I mean, there, there are certainly coaches that know the rules better, partly because, you know, a couple of them are on the competition committee. And so they're involved in the process of changing rules and those types of things. Jeff Fisher, for example, who was on the competition committee, probably knew the rules just about as good as anybody. And um, and I do think that's the exposure of the committee. But, you know, I mean, it's just like before we're sending videos out um at least I did each week to the coaches and, um, you know, with plays and explaining rules, much like I do with you. And, and I think coaches are getting better, but they're still not going to understand the nuances of the game. Like what happened at the end of our Detroit Atlanta game, where the pass was ruled in, it was ruled complete, the clock's running. And then they, the, the Detroit runs up Stafford to snap the ball and spike it. And he does, but then replay stops it. And everybody thought, well, the ball had been snapped. And why yeah, did Mike, the replay guy uh, wait so long? Yeah, let me, I hate, to, I hate to interrupt you there, Mike, but having called that too, because it was a long pass play downfield, let's just say it was a clear catch. How much time do you give the team running downfield? Because the Lions weren't set. There were still some Falcon players running back. Right. And I, I mean, that clock could have run out. I almost think them stopping helped Detroit at least get in position to spike it and have one more play at least settle in where that clock probably should have run out well that's the determination that's like that weird play that every replay guy says please don't have this happen to me where he has to make that decision there's a play and in that there's a play that presents itself like that pass that was ruled complete was near the ground and so now the replay guy has to make a decision uh, and Detroit was out of timeouts, 
Right. Do I stop this and uh, and give Detroit another play if, in fact, the clock was going to run out without Detroit the option having the the time to get a snap off? Am I? I got to wait. I got to wait. I got to wait. I got to wait to see if they're going to get the snap off. And then once he realizes that they are, then he's got to stop it at the last second because obviously, if they're not going to get it off, if you did stop it, you'd give them an extra play which okay. they shouldn't have had. So it was it was a real difficult situation. And then people on social media, oh, whoa, whoa, wait, was replay got involved. Why wasn't there a 10-second runoff? Because, well, there wasn't a 10-second runoff because, A, there was no reversal on the play. And even right. if there was a reversal, it would be a reversible to a stopped clock and not right. a running clock. That's why these rules are so damn complicated, you know. <laughs> well, that's and why, so- yeah, that's why we have you. Well, let me sum up in in this. Where, where do we? And I know I'm sure that you get asked this a lot, Mike, and it's a broad question, but as best you can nail it down, because we love football. Uh, America runs on football, and we and the officiating and the replays are part of now. They're part of our broadcast when we watch. Whether you're a fan, a viewer, a broadcaster, uh, wh- where do you see it going fr- from here? I know where you'd like. I know you want it to slow down and keep it simple. You've made that clear. But what's what's the next layer of all this, in your opinion? Well, I mean, I think is I think the next layer is another official, and um, you know, college has eight officials on the field, NFL has seven. Um, but I think that it there really needs to be another official, but he needs to be somewhere other than on the field. I do think you could call him the sky judge, whatever, um, but a, a an official that has the ability to look at video in a enclosed booth somewhere in the stadium and correct obvious errors that are made in certain situations. I thought so, New York was doing it. New York doesn't do it. You said New York can only do it. No, that because in- no, no, this would have nothing to do with instant replay. Oh, okay. Nothing. I see. I it see. would be, okay. it would be all those things that aren't covered by replay. So, oh my God, there's a face mask that they didn't see. Biggest see. daylights. He sees okay. it. He can just call down, not stop the game, call down to the referee and said you had a face mask on number 28 in the defense at the 32-yard line, penalize this, boom, go. Go back to the championship game in New Orleans a couple of years ago in the, in the Rams game. Call down immediately and say you have pass interference at the nine-yard line, put the ball down there, make the announcement, let's go. Correct things outside of instant replay. And, and I would say limit the number of categories that you can't anything player safety, which That's the number one league concern. So if it's a hit on a defenseless receiver that's a big one in the head or neck area and not called can put it on, it's a big hit and they call it, but it's shoulder to shoulder. They can take it off. Um, And then that big pass interference penalty maybe in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. But real-time corrections, not stopping them for – and the problem is everybody will say, well, that's weird, and that's going to be – well, yeah, it will be weird, but guess what? Everybody's gotten used to replay stoppages, and they would get used to something like this too. So if you you truly want to take a big step to try to make things better and not try to correct things or address things with Band-Aids, then, you know, to me, that's where I see it going to and i think it actually should go to good all right and then and briefly i know bill belichick has pushed this uh, the, the college the, uh, to have the nfl similar to the way college uh, officiating is done is that do you like that concept of the constant uh, review that's kind of what you were saying right? oh You're yeah saying, in yeah. The, in in that yeah I, I listen i don't want any more three minute stoppages okay. so i do not believe bill belichick has always said just let us challenge everything um 
you know, then it won't, we don't want extra challenges. So it won't extend the game. Well, that's a fallacy because right now with coaches challenges, there's only about 1.2 per game. Well, if you give them carte blanche to challenge anything, then they'll each use their three and you'll end up with six instead of 1.2. So it will really extend the game. So no, I, I don't, I don't, that's, I, I like a lot of things that Bill Belichick says, but that's not one of them. All right. Well, we always enjoy talking to you. Again, we had it flew by, and we'll uh, we'll see you on a, a Saturday college game Sunday, and uh, talk to you again real soon. Always enjoy your time. You got it. All right, Mike Pereira with us on CMI, the Chris Myers interview. Thanks for tuning in. You take care. Thanks for listening to CMI, the Chris Myers interview. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and spread the word. Get new episodes every Wednesday on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Now, there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. Bring everyone together in a new virtual room. Collaborate live, building ideas on the same page, and see more of your team on the screen at once. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams.